You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You are joined by thousands of photographers listening to the show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode. I'm joined by my good friend, Brent Bergherm. How are you doing this week, Brent? Hey, doing well. Good to be here. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Uh, let's get straight to it. We have plenty we're going to talk about. I'm worried we're going to go like way long. So, so let's just get into it. We got so much good stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be fun. Hopefully, I hope there's a lot of listener engagement because this is mostly from you listeners. So let's yeah. start off with a couple of, of other things. Uh, April 2020 updates from Adobe. Just want to re- give my status. Um, I didn't mark it on my page yet. I will before you hear this, but but uh, Lightroom Classic 921 that was released in April 2020, good to go. There's some minor problems. Most photographers won't run into them, so that one's getting my Photo Taco seal of approval. Photoshop 21.1.2 does not. Still a skip on that on those on that release. The whole 21.1 release is just bad. There's extensions that are getting problems, like Lumenzia, for example, is a really popular one that I love and uh checked in with uh with Greg on that Greg Benz and it's not good it's still having problems and there's there's other issues I just if you use Photoshop I recommend not going there now again it doesn't guarantee you're gonna have problems I always get emails from people like hey I upgraded it's just fine great I'm glad you did <laughs> I'm glad it's okay for you but boy there's a lot of people who are having problems so if you don't want hiccups or the potential for hiccups I recommend you don't go there. All right, um, the real, the first real story that we wanted to go through, and then we're gonna get to fun stuff with our our photo contest. Um, Canon webcam. So Canon, they released a YouTube video um, the day we are recording. So that's April 29th, ninth, twenty twenty. They released a video out to YouTube about a new software driver for Windows only for now. They did say they're working on it for Mac, but Windows only that allows you to connect your Canon DSLR to your computer and use it as a video camera, a a webcam, Um, which is awesome in some regards. Like, yay, they did it. They made it so you can use your camera for video, like a really good camera for video, camera you already spent tons of money on. And not have to settle for, you know, one of those Logitech cameras, which are okay, but they're just, they're not the same thing, obviously. Um, But it also burns me a little, Brent. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) me too. (laughs) It makes me a little upset because they could have done this years ago, years and years ago. It's a USB interface, USB 2.0, I think, for most of them. So that means... yeah. They, they could have done this ages ago. It's not like we were waiting for a faster connection technology for this right. to be able to work. And I looked at the oldest one. Yeah. The oldest DSLR it was a 5D Mark II. And I was okay. like, seriously? Right. <laughs> so this is purely just software. That's all it is, is software. It probably was something they've decided to do like in the last few weeks at most. Yeah. For sure. Because of COVID-19 and everyone being on Zooms and, and video conferencing a lot, they're like, hey, we should make our cameras so that they can be used there. And so, in a, you know, who knows how long they've been working on it. I have to give them that, but it can't have been that hard. And it just burns me a little that they didn't just like do this from the beginning. <laughs> you, you had the capability. You could have made everyone be able to utilize the equipment they spent their hard-earned money on to do this ages ago, and it took a worldwide pandemic to convince you to enable it. <laughs> yes. And how much more value could you know people get out of their, you know, when they're marketing their cameras? Oh, you can also use it as a webcam, a really fancy webcam. Yeah. Would that be something that people would laugh at? I don't think so. <sighs> but still, it's just like there's just an extra piece of value that would set you apart from everyone else in the industry. Yeah, and it's I don't know I I kind of agree with you because you know I'm using my Sony A6400 but it's going through this four hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> item that converts the signal to the USB signal and it's just like yeah now if I were on Windows I'm not but Mac is coming out I could just use that Canon and it would be easy peasy I right. don't know. 
<laughs> now they do have some challenges. Like some of the most of the crop sensor DSLRs they've produced over the years until the 90D, I think is what I read, if I'm remembering right. Uh, they don't produce clean video out through that USB mm. port, which means what it means by clean video is none of the overlays that you see there, like focus overlays or the icons about like what's how things are configured and everything. You can turn almost all of it off, but some of the overlays are always there and even on the uh, USB signal that goes out of the device. And only as of the 90D and, and beyond, I think if I, anyway, recent cameras for especially crop sensors, did they enable that? So it still doesn't help for some of us, like my crop sensor cameras, neither one of them will produce a clean video out, which I'm not after myself, but um, that's another challenge and totally software again. <laughs> yeah, that's another firmware update. Uh, yes. Problem solved. Put out the driver <laughs> and put out a, a firmware update that uh. pr produces a clean or enables a clean video out through it so that all of us can benefit from this. So anyway, I hope that it marks a change and that Canon will do more like this and all the other camera makers like now. Nikon, which should probably be looking at this too, and like, oh, okay, Absolutely. we need to go do that as well. If, if I don't know if they have or not, so I, I can't say. But, but I, you know, hopefully everybody starts thinking. Let's go away from this mindset we've had of limiting the use of our devices, um, particularly probably so that they can like making deliberate decisions to, to force you into buying other products. That's probably the mindset that led to these sorts of things like well if we let them do usb out they won't buy our, our camcorders <laughs> right so so we can't do that and uh hopefully that's it's going to change that mindset that thinking of no let's make our devices as capable as they can be and that consumers can get the most out of their devices as possible and and we'll see a change we'll see i don't know i but so on the one hand, positive that they did this. On the other hand, it kind of burns me. <laughs> now, is the full HD resolution coming out of that USB? That's one thing I actually wasn't uh, able to verify when I looked at it. But yeah, I, I don't I, know if you saw something like that. Is it reduced in resolution or is no, it the full HD? It, it, it'll do full HD, which is what all nice, of those cameras yes. do. What It would struggle at the point of 4K, which none of these of do 4K. So yeah. that would be a problem. Although USB 3.0 is plenty fine. I've done that now. I've actually used a USB 3.0 capture thing recently, and uh, it's how I'm going to make sure I get high-quality captures of my display as I'm creating tutorials, because um, I don't want my CPU and memory taken up by recording software. So sure. anyway, it's uh, it, it, that's totally possible through a USB 3.0 interface. But 2.0, which is like what most of these cameras have, is USB 2.0. Wouldn't quite have the bandwidth for 4K, but I think 1080 is no problem. Sure. Yeah. All right. Now let's get to the good stuff. The stuff we've been promising for a couple of weeks now are contest winners. This was our Creative Juices contest we ran from March 19th, 2020 through April 19th, 2020. We had a lot of fun seeing these incredible images came in from our listeners. You all are some pretty good photographers. Uh, I look forward to doing a few more of these contests in the future, maybe uh, a couple contests a year or something. I, we'll see how it goes, I guess. But in fact, why don't you let us know in the Facebook group if you would be interested in more photo contests from Master Photography. Was this fun for you to be in how did it i don't know you can give us feedback on how this went uh we do have to give out our five prizes to random winners we promised we would just randomly pick five of the images that were submitted into the contest and um and give prizes away to each one of them and so i i did that we allowed they had to follow the rules obviously the contest rules one entry per day was allowed so the more you entered the more chances to win one of these prizes i generated five random numbers from one between one and 247 and uh and then i moved through the order of the images as they were into the contest so like if if number 26 came up i went to the 26th image uh that was submitted and that was one of the random winners so here's the randomly selected winners i'm trying to emphasize randomness here <laughs> we did not it was random okay so winning a an editing session a 30 minute editing session with me jeff uh was jonathan sogard 
I hope I got close, Jonathan. I'm sorry. <laughs> These names can be tough. Um, and we randomly selected his digging holes image. Winning a 30-minute mentoring session with Brian McGuckin is David Patton. We randomly selected his image that he titled Silk. Uh, winning a 30-minute mentoring session with our Erica is Sandy Brown. And we randomly selected your image that was titled J13. Winning a 30-minute session with Connor is Ron Mead. We randomly selected his image, The Rose. And winning a 30-minute session with Brent is Chris Knight and his randomly selected image, Half Dollars. Did I say random enough? <laughs> I hope I said it enough so that you, you've, you heard that. Okay. Congratulations to all of you. We'll be reaching out to you on Flickr. Uh, Flickr has its own messaging system, and it's the only way, like, there's no contact info built into Flickr. I can't, like, research your email addresses or anything. So uh, each of the hosts is going to reach out to you through Flickr, through that messaging system in Flickr, and try to work out dates and times to do these mentoring sessions. So make sure you go log into Flickr and check it out. If you're hearing this and you were selected and you hadn't seen it, go log into Flickr. Or you can even, uh, you know, drop us a line. We have contact information in the show notes a lot. So uh, let me know if, if you can't get connected with your host that you want a session with, <laughs> then let me know. And uh, my information is always in every episode pretty much. So, so there you go. You can do that. All right. Now let's get to the top 10. We went through those images and we got a top 10 created. It took some doing for all of us to, to kind of figure it out. We had a total of 247 images submitted. And I think that was submitted by 115 photographers. So many of you submitted more than one. And we're real excited about that. That is excellent. Uh, now, so the top 10, Brent, you and I are going to go through this. And we're going to try yeah. to give... Um, get audio from Connor and Erica and Brian and get their similar commentary. If I can get it from them before I have to post this audio, then um, post this episode, then I'll include it there. Or maybe we'll consider adding something next week. Anyway, we'll, we'll see how that all shakes, shakes out. You'll hear it, obviously, as it gets published. So this was awesome. It was so good to see just the talent of the many listeners we have. And I just appreciate being able to see some fresh photos. And to think that during this time with the coronavirus that people actually went out there and took the time to be creative and um, create uh, some lasting memories just is awesome. Uh, I have not done that very well <laughs> over this break time. Uh, part of it is I've just been in a way busier than what I normally is. am, but... This has been awesome. But let's yeah. just start at the beginning, Brent, and, and I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a gallery in Flickr. You have this concept of creating a gallery. People who haven't used Flickr much may not know. I wasn't super familiar with Flickr because I hadn't used it for a while, and it's changed. It changed ownership and changed functionality. And uh, so I've created a gallery called Creative Juices Top 10. That's a gallery that I have, and um, Brent... And, or I shared that out with the, the group and, and we have them um, sort of in order to of, of how, um, how they were. So we're going to start at the bottom of the list, Brent, the bottom of the gallery, and then oh, work okay. our way up to the top. And the link will be in the show notes to it. Everybody, I believe even without being a having a Flickr account, you can see it, but I didn't haven't validated that. So you may have to create a Flickr account. I'm not sure. But anyway, you can go see the images and you're going to want to because there's some really fun images that are in here. Um, I may, you know, I think I will. I'll probably just go pull the images too out of Flickr and make and put them into our show notes as well so that they're there and referenceable by anybody who wants to check out the results. So let's start at the bottom here, Brent. Why don't you tell us the first photo and uh, what the title, the who who submitted it, and what you liked about it. So there's uh, Afro by Raymond Marcus, mm -hmm. and this is a photo of a child, probably I would say two to three years old. And it's really zoomed in on the face, and the hair is going, it's definitely very Afro-like. Right. And the child has 
some kind of either the corner of their shirt or a little rag or a cloth or something like that where they're biting it in the corner of their mouth and their head is tilted to the side a little bit and they're just gazing right directly into the camera. The light is really uh, nice and mostly soft coming from camera left and as it just wraps around you get these dice gorgeously cute pudgy little cheeks and the little teeth are showing and it's just the epitome of cuteness of a little toddler type child and with that look and with you know the eyes and with the way the teeth are structured and everything like that i was just like yeah we gotta we gotta definitely bump this one up uh to the top 10 range and certainly the rest of you guys uh were were thinking this something the same thing too because it's just adorable this is one of my favorites afro uh, i think i think any photo of a baby that's done in black and white just immediately grabs my attention <laughs> and i'm not saying this is a baby you know obviously it's a, a young child um but such an adorable photo i love the hair i love the fact that the child's head is kind of cocked to the side and they're even like just chewing on their shirt my kids shoot on their shirts all the time. There was always like a slobber spot on it. And this is just a great capture. Um, I like the lighting. You can see kind of how the the, the light was caught in the eyes. Um, and it's just a fun photo. It's it's one of those ones that you just look at and you immediately just laugh and chuckle because it's such a, such a cute kid. And this was a great capture and it's very well composed for a, a headshot. And I just love, love, love that hair. So... What a great image. Adorable. Absolutely adorable. I want to know how Raymond managed to get this child to sit there like that. Because <laughs> that was that couldn't have been easy. And get the lights to go. I don't know. Maybe they had strobes and they could just take tons of images really fast with super fast recycle times. But wow, what a an image. Very well done, Raymond. Congratulations to you. That is super good. And all of you listening, if you want to see a really compelling child's portrait, this is a great example of something to like strive for if that's your thing. If you really want to be able to do child portraits, what a stunning example of being able to do that. I love it. I love the big... It looks to me like it's a, a very big light source that's... Uh, yeah. It is camera left, but only a little bit left. It's it's pretty straight on. You can see in the eyes, you can see kind of how big that is. Now there could have been another modif- another light and modifier too in, in the shot. But wow, what a great great image! I loved it. It was it was awesome. All right, the next yeah, one up. It looks like an umbrella. If uh, okay, looking at the umbrella. reflections in the eyes. There you go. Very good. Okay, uh, next one up is a still from this show we call Life. So it's a still portrait. And it's from Casey Shambora. Casey, I know, submitted a number of images and all of them. She was having fun. (laughs) She took this challenge very, very well. And she submitted quite a few images and a lot of them were really good. But this is the one that we we all thought was the best of the group that she submitted. I think it's a self-portrait. I don't know for sure, but I think it is. And so that makes it even more impressive to be able to get it. Again, soft, soft light. It's really beautiful about how it's there. So there's still shadows. We still want shadows when we're doing it, but really nice soft light. The focus is really good. It's uh, it's chin up, essentially a little bit of neck, but chin up. Um and then kind of on the rule of thirds on the left-hand side for the imp, for where the eyes and nose are, um, there's some nice leading lines kind of behind them too with, um, with images like matching up to the eyes that help draw your eyes in. Um, it's, it's got it like blue tones in the back to some warm tones on the skin of the model. Really fun image. I, I love it. It's extremely well done. Uh, very deserving of being in our top 10. Boy, do we have some good photographers that listen to this show. What do you think, Brent? Absolutely, we do. And it's interesting, too, these first two that are portraits, and they're done in the horizontal format. And in this image, with that background, just the way it's going behind the model, it really helps accentuate that idea of the horizontal format. It places the person really well in the scene, but then of course the hair coming off the side again with that idea of the horizontal format right. of the overall framing of the image. I guess that's just what kind of strikes me a little bit in that just 
I would assume, you know, if you're going to do a portrait, you can do the portrait format. But this obviously, uh, two excellent examples of why we don't need to rely on such assumptions and we can still definitely have uh, good quality imagery otherwise. For sure. So uh, what I like about this image is the expression on a woman's face. It kind of captures what a lot of people uh, are feeling right now with a feeling of almost kind of being confused and lost and and not knowing what to do or, or what to say. And that's kind of the expression that I personally see as I look at this image. You know, again, this is a, a great portrait of um, somebody just where you can't help but just stare into her eyes. And you're wondering, you know, what is she thinking? And it's just... It's just very well done. And even the composition of it, the way the hair kind of flows out, I enjoy that. And, and the fact that with the rule of thirds, she's off to the side a little bit. And the lighting, which again, I don't know a whole lot about portraiture lighting. Uh, I'm sure Connor would have uh, more of an appreciation for this photo than I would. But uh, it's very pleasing to look at as far as how the lighting goes and the hair. And I even like the highlights in her hair as well. Very well done. Congratulations, Casey, for making it in the top 10 for the Creative Juices contest. Brent, what's the next one? All right, the next one, and also actually before we do that, I just verified that link in the show notes to this group or this gallery, I should say. You do not need to be oh, logged okay. in, Perfect. so you can... Just click on that link. You should be able to see it in your standard browser. And you All see right. These then images. I'm going to leave it like that. I'm not going to pull them in. I don't want to like, right. steal the work of <laughs> the artist yeah. and put it on Le- Leave it associated I'll with the people it where and, it's and all that. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Perfect. So this one by Marion Esposito, BC7A0465. <laughs> this is, um, boy, when I first saw this image, I was just like, I know exactly what it is. It's a bubble that has been lit uh, really strongly. We've got some really saturated colors. And in the foreground area, the lower portion of the image, it's in focus. And then the shallow depth of field causes it to go out of focus as we go up towards the top. But that's also where it gets brighter. But the swirls of the color, the... I don't know, it just kind of drew me in very strongly, I guess is about the only way I can put it. And it's just mesmerizing is probably the the best way I would put it with with how the swirls are, the colors, the shapes. And then we have that beautiful negative space up top that shows the arc of the bubble. And and then it's completely black behind it. So uh, she submitted a lot of other bubble type images as well. And uh, it was fun to look at those and uh, very inspiring. And then this one definitely rose to the top. For sure. I, she did. She submitted a number of them. I actually preferred some of the others, but I went with the rest of you. All three of the rest of you. Well, I sorry. This one had three of our five votes for being in the top 10. So it made it. And yeah. uh, and what a stunning, stunning image. Um, I love it kind of makes it look like it's a planet sort of. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly what I thought when I first saw that, too. Yeah, I, it's really cool. Very, very nicely done. A nice macro shot. A good challenge if if you've never tried to shoot soap bubbles, then uh, you should go and and check this one out. It was it's very very well done. Well, and the, another one that she did I, that I also had a tough time voting on. It looked like it was a piece of marble. The right. coloration right. was just so different, and I was just like, "Oh, that's so cool!" I don't know which one to you know give that push up to the next level, kind of a thing. Right. Um, Ultimately, I decided on this one, but yeah, the other one was just really sweet too. Right. This next one by, um, I believe it's Marion Esposito. This is one of my favorite shots. I have not done any type of soap bubble photography before, but this is one that you just look at and I immediately thought uh, the nature channel or or the weather channel. And it just seems like in a way reminds me of a shot of like the earth but there's so many great uh, fluid colors in this one and the lighting of it too. It looks like the light was above and and to the left as I look at this image and just the way that it was lit like that really helps the yellows and the reds and purples kind of pop a little bit more and it keeps the blues kind of uh, calm and moody. And this was a really good, uh, good piece. Again, I have not dabbled in any type of, uh, photography like this dealing with soap bubbles or oil spots or anything but 
this one's just awesome. The colors are rich and this would be a really good one to have printed on metallic, I think. I'd be curious to see how that come out. But it's just, it's beautiful and the colors are beautiful. So really well done. Okay, next image is from Megan Stemple. Megan is a veteran of the Create Photography Retreat and a great listener of the show. So thanks, Megan, for participating. She submitted a number of images too. And this is the one that we all thought was the best of her group. And it's called, well, she didn't really title it. <laughs> it's a DSC 7541. But she did say self-portrait with a little help from my husband on popping the flash when she, when she posted nice. it. Uh, and so this image is mostly dark and there's, uh, you can tell that she's doing some light painting. Like she probably had something in her hand that produced light, whether it's a, a flashlight or I don't know what exactly you can't tell, but she drew, um, around in the air using that and captured it all. So kind of a slow shutter speed for the, for most of the exposure. But then there's a, a portion of the exposure where someone popped a flash. It could have been at the beginning or at the end or in the middle even. It doesn't, you know, just a flash got popped so that you can see her kind of frozen in time, even though she was waving this light thing around while she was taking the shot or creating the, the image here. And very well focused on her, which is going to be one of the challenges when it's dark like this <laughs> to to make sure you you nail the focus and have it go right. Yeah. But she is totally nailed in focus and uh, a really fun image. Something, again, if, if you're looking for something, a project to work on is something you've never done before. If you haven't created a shot like this, then uh, see if you can replicate this. See if you can go and, and make the same image. What did you think, Brent? The thing that really, there's two things actually that strike me really about this image. First off, she's perfectly centered right in the center of the frame, yep, and so yep. it's a very symmetrical. But then that's contrasted with this light path is just, it feels to me extremely random. Right, right. And so I like the chaos and the randomness that's coming through here. And it so very much contrasts her poise, her position, her expression. And that's part of why I like this image is just those contrasts that are coming through. Yeah, it's a different level of contrast. We've talked about yes. it before with colors or lights or, you know, other things where we, we want to see the contrast. We talked about a, in the portrait, the the blue tones in the back versus the warm tones on the skin. Those are, those are really compelling kinds of contrasting things. And I agree, in this case, you have this contrast in like time. <laughs> being yeah, displayed that too here. that too you have this contrast of something that is totally slow shutter in in stark contrast to her being completely frozen in time and it's it's really fun it's it's a unique image i guess it's another reason i like these kinds of images is this is something that it takes an artist to produce and and some some technical skill to produce I yes. appreciate those kinds of things a lot when you combine the two together, artists and uh, technical skill to produce an image. A light painting is tricky and it's not always easy to do. Um, this was done well because you can tell that her face is also lit up. So I don't know if um, a flash was popped and then the light painting took place, but um, light painting is always something fun. It's a great way for photographers to uh, learn to be creative because it's tricky and it challenges you and you have to sit there and try things over and over and you have to fail and by failing you get better at what you're doing so i enjoy seeing this one brent what tell us about the next one so one last thought on this oh, one yeah, yeah. Uh, listeners can do a quick image search on pablo picasso doing a light painting he did something similar in this fashion but he did a bowl a form of a bowl with his light painting it's really cool, and it's something that, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should look it up. Yeah, very good. Uh, this next image by Christopher Dolman, or Daleman, I'm not sure, D-O-E-L-M-A-N. I'm not sure exactly how we would pronounce that. Sometimes it's the A sound. Um, and this one is called Marriage. And so this is a black and white image, and we have a double-trunked tree, basically, and... It's just nicely placed in the center. Another quite symmetrical image. And I like the black and white effect. Uh, we have the sun. Uh, it's very foggy as well, but it seems like the sun is directly behind the tree. So it's brightest immediately behind the tree. And then it vignettes out to a darker edge. 
And then we have a little bit of layering as well. So we've got black in the foreground, and we have a mid-ground layer, which is a, a kind of a deep gray, and then it gets progressively lighter uh, after that. The only thing I might have a curiosity on this image is what it would look like if it were a square format, mm -hmm. because we have an awful lot in the foreground on the dark part of the foreground. But otherwise, certainly very captivating, very simplicity at its finest oh yeah for sure i love it it's uh i like the there's images that are really good black and white and i struggle mightily to see it myself i yeah. really <laughs> really need to develop that eye for it much better sometimes i i say i wonder and then i try it and I'm like yeah i don't know but this one it seems like color would distract and oh yeah color and, would totally take away this image yeah yeah so uh, i don't know it's super compelling really lovely image you created here christopher so congratulations on making it into the top 10 Next. and there's a couple of smaller trees in the background as well they're out of a little bit more out of focus right. but mostly because of the fog but uh it helps give us some depth and the like and if anyone's interested in more black and white type stuff, look up Michael Kenna. He's an amazing black and white photographer. We also did a podcast episode with our friend Jenna Martin on black and white photography. So you can go search right. that. Yes. Excellent. I, I love this one. I love a good silhouette shot of a tree. And this tree specifically is unique. And I, I know that Christopher has a little poem that goes with it. But even without looking at the poem that he wrote or that somebody wrote, uh, the fact that it's called marriage, you kind of picture, you know, there's a V in this shot and you've got like the left side of the tree and the right side of the tree kind of coming together like one, it looks like. Um, and then you've got the sun kind of looks like it's positioned going down behind it on a, on a cloudy day. But this is just a great composition. It's a great shot. It'd be a fun one to have framed hanging up in your house. So I really enjoy that one. Okay, next image is from Kyle Rolfing, I think is how you pronounce it. <laughs> Sorry, people. When we have to say names, it's a problem. <laughs> it's a real challenge. Uh, anyway, Kyle took a, a really super stunning image here um, with uh, an image he called Varied Thrush PNW Rainforest. And it's a, it's a really cool image with a branch with a bird on top of it. I have no idea. You don't, is that a, could that bird be called a thrush? I don't, it's I don't gotta know. be a thrush of some kind. Okay. So I, I don't know my birds, but, <laughs> but, but it's, uh, it's very, very compelling as an image. And in fact, if I may interrupt, that yes. is literally a varied thrush. Oh, there you <laughs> that's, go. That is the species of the bird. <laughs> Shows how little I know about birds, but I, that's okay. I just looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. So, and and we have some some really fun things here. So the branch has moss or some sort of vegetation all yeah. over it. It's just fully covered. So we don't have like a brown branch. It's a very light green kind of branch with water dripping off the vegetation that's covering this branch. And then there's an orange and black bird. And the bird is on like the rule of thirds line, kind of, of the left side. It's So there's leading lines toward the bird with, uh, you know, and, and some triangle kinds of shapes that are being created that help lead toward the bird. You have the contrast in the colors. It would be even cooler if, you, if it was like a little bit more blue tone to the rest of it to kind of exactly contrast against the orange. But it's yeah. still really really compelling and then the way that the bird is just so sharp too it's a it's a very well done image congratulations kyle on creating what do you think brent well and you've got moisture dripping off that moss and that moss is so thick you literally don't see the branch right this is very quintessential pacific northwest uh -huh. for the other side of the mountains i live in the pacific northwest i love it here we do have not, excuse me, I, I can't speak apparently. We do not have anything like this on my side of the state. You're on it's the dry all side. on that other side of the state. Right. And it's gorgeous. It is. Pacific Northwest. Oh, very well done. Just to be able to capture that, it's, it's amazing. What what amazing work. It, bird photography amazes me. I don't think, I, I've never tried to do it, but <laughs> this seems like it would be really hard to make happen. So congratulations, Kyle. That's, that's a very impressive. I love nature and 
uh, I have a, a neighbor across the street who loves capturing birds as well. And so I have just started to enjoy looking more at those. And I just love how unique and special nature is, and especially birds, just with the feathers and, and the coloring on this. Uh, the composition of this image is well done, um, you know, kind of leading from the left to the right. You, they did a, Kyle did a great job capturing uh, this moment, and I, I just love the, the mood of it. You've got the little water droplets hanging off of the moss on the branch. Um, the bird pops out from the background, and it's just a good, a really good nature shot, one I'd be, uh, be happy with if I was into birding or bird photography. Brent, tell us about the next one. Yeah, this next one by Anders Nordquist, and the title of the image is called Blue Shadows. And so we have a portrait of a person looking straight on into the camera, and she's got a purpley-blue type background, very dark, very subtle color in the background. She's wearing a black and silver-lined dress, and then her hair is also silver or white-colored on the right side of the... So viewers right, uh, models left. In the middle, it kind of transitions to kind of this lined transition, and then it's black on the far on the left side as well. So there in the middle, it kind of sort of mimics what the dress is like as yeah. far as the pattern, the colors, and the like. And so she's just looking very straight in at you. She's got this very strong gaze looking straight in at you. And then we're using what looks like to me a single, well, a dominant single light source. We do have a small light source, so I'm going to try and describe that in a moment here. So the primary light source is like a beauty dish or a softbox directly above the person, a little bit in front of the person, but mostly above the person. And that's creating... She's got these taller or more pronounced cheekbones. Her nose is right, you know, just centered and highlighted there. But her mouth really isn't highlighted. That's why how I can tell it's that that softbox is really high above her. Her shoulders are highlighted. Her arms are highlighted. And then underneath where her elbows are and on the lower portion of her body that's shown, that's where we have this blue hue coming in. And so that tells me there's some type of blue influence, whether it's another light or a blue reflector or something along those lines. I would just guess a blue light. That's coming in from up above, from down below, coming up towards uh, sh shining up towards right. the top. Right. I love it. And again, we talked about the contrast. There's good color contrast in this. There's lots of them, actually, because <laughs> you have yeah. the black versus the white in her hair and in the dress that goes so well together and contrast to each other. It's it's amazing. Then you have the, the blues versus the skin color, which is very, it's almost to an orange level. It doesn't look bad it's not like it's alien skin or anything but right done, but, but this is the fact that we have well. that blue it pushes our eye more to the orange it's, it still feels natural i think but absolutely. it's just accentuating the warmth of the of the skin tones absolutely they they had her do a, a really good pose too i like how the hands are placed and and then the the purple background it's it's a really stunning image very well done anders did a spectacular job on this and, and boy do we have some some talented photographers listening to the show and, and who participate in our contest so thanks anders for doing that i am not great at portraiture so uh, therefore i usually don't spend a lot of time looking at it uh, but when there's something that catches my eye, I enjoy to I enjoy looking at it. Other than Connor's work, obviously, I always love looking at Connor's portraits. Those are awesome. So shout out to you, Connor. But uh, this one, the Blue Shadows by uh, Anders, is really good. Like I'm mesmerized by it. I think the coloring of it all, and the expression on the woman's face, and the black and white of the hair, and her eyes, like, it's hard not to just keep staring at her eyes, because it feels like she's staring right back at you, uh, almost like the Mona Lisa. And so, this is a, a really good one. Um, I enjoyed it, and it is something that captured my eyes, and it's a little mysterious, and makes me want to know more about the um, about who she is and about the situation and about what her thoughts are or what she's representing or what the photographer was trying to capture in that one. All right. Next image is from Robert Clay. And I, uh, Robert is also an alumni, alumnus of uh, Create Photography Retreat. So I, I've uh, spent some time with him. And he titled this one, 
prepared for the assault. He said it's a macro view of a dandelion seed head missing a few seeds already. A fully bloomed dandelion flower provides the background. So he's he's got a really close up macro shot of the center of a dandelion. And it's super cool because this is a something you you never see. Right. The, the right. center of a dandelion is not something that you see. So, wow, what what a stunning image. And they do. They look like they're little spears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And which is, I, I assume, why he had the title uh, prepared for the assault, because that's what he thought, too, is this looks like a bunch of little spears that would be painful if you tried to, you know, if, if this encountered you and when it's actually just this little dandelion that's uh, doesn't hurt at all if you crush it. <laughs> Right. Get into it. Uh, But what a stunning, stunning macro shot. I love the yellow in the background. That's really kind of, to me, what pulls this image all together. If that wasn't there, if he didn't do the yellow background, uh, I think this image would suffer. Even like a green or uh, a blue wouldn't do the same thing as the yellow did. So I really, really love the, the the skill level it took to get the macro to and have things be in focus like they did, but also then thinking about putting a good background behind it to make it work. What do you think, Brent? Well, it's also a square crop, which helps with this radiating effect oh, yeah, of the dandelion sure. pieces. But there's the yellow, I totally agree with. But the thing also that gets me on this one is when you look at a dandelion, I don't I mean when I look at a dandelion anyway, and we're just looking at it and they're floating along, I think of those little seed pods as just a little white tuft up top and a yeah. little black seed on the bottom. And here we can see very much different coloration. It's not black. This is a very brown, orangish brown type color for those seed area, those seed pocket things, whatever you want to call them. And just to see that color, to see the texture, to see the detail. That's what absorbs me into the image, and that's why I love macro stuff. Ah, so cool. Well done, Robert. Congratulations for getting into the top 10 from our contest. I love this one. It's uh, Well, it's, it looks like a love-hate relationship for me personally, but I believe it's a dandelion um, when it's all like white and ready to go off and seed. And re- the reason why it's a love-hate is I uh, do not like dandelions in my yard but my wife does not like chemicals. So I have spent many times uh, doing what almost is like therapy for me, where I take a drywall knife and I just cut the dandelions out of the ground, um, which I know that's weird and all. Um, some people actually like cook with them and, and make things out of it, and, and that's not me. But this image is awesome. I love the close-up and love looking at the details, and I'm seeing this in a, in a way that I don't normally see life. And that's what I think is great about macro photography as well. Um, compositionally, I think it's great how it kind of just looks like uh, not a zoom, but maybe a star effect the way it just kind of explodes and goes in all different directions. And even the the yellow there in the background that kind of makes like a halo around it is beautiful as well. So this is a great um a great piece and i love that somebody took the time to see life differently and to capture something that most people including myself at times find ugly um and made it beautiful and maybe it's totally not a dandelion but it, it looks like that so this was a really good capture so good job on that one all right i think we are to the final two images as we kind of started the others until now they all got kind of equal votes so we they were kind of all equal but now these last two these were the two that we all agreed had to be in the top 10 there was no uh, all five of us agreed these images had to be in the top 10 so let's go through those the first one is from James i'm going to say Hunick Hunink i don't know I w- yeah Hunink maybe cuz i n k there you go H-U-E-N-I-N-K. Uh, hopefully everyone forgives us for slaughtering. Please do. <laughs> slaughtering their names. Uh, but he has a super compelling image here. This is incredible. And it's it just, it's a storyteller. Probably almost more than any other image, except maybe the first, the, the top image that we're going to go to in just a second. But uh, so James, you almost got the top image out of the whole contest. Uh, we we thought one other image stood out just slightly more, uh, but this one is incredible. So what this is, there's a very bright bus sign. So this is probably taken at night or really stopped down 
on the aperture or something like that. Let's see the aperture. They listed the aperture at f6.3. So it's probably at night. And um, you you have this big bus sign, you know, as you sit on a bus bench as you're waiting to get on the bus, there's a, they have these advertisements often now or like backlit uh, boxes that have some sort of message or advertisement. Well, at this point in, it's obviously in Chicago because it says Chicago at the bottom of this bus sign. Uh, it says, stay home, save lives. That's in blue text, has some red stars there. And then it has hashtag stay home. Um, and then in front of that is the silhouette of a person who looks to be like on their phone, and has even like a charging cable going to a battery. So someone who's probably was waiting for the bus, totally not recognizable, of course, because they're they're completely silhouetted. Um, but it's it, what a, a stark contrast between the silhouette and the bus sign that's all white and light and bright. And then the, just the whole message too about uh, all of us working together through the world to fight against this pandemic and, and be safe. So a really cool image. Brent, what did you think? Well, it's uh, strong and graphic. That's the reason that I chose it. Uh, the you know the the stay home. That's very clear. Uh, the the position of the image of the person in front of this here. It it just makes me wonder who is this right. person. Why are they? Uh, out? <laughs> I suppose I could go further and say why didn't they stay home right, if I were to be right. cynical or whatever. But it also more along the lines of saying some of us can't stay home. And this is probably one of those people. And the line of stars, those three stars, that's from the um, the flag of the city of Chicago. Um, basically, it's pointing right to his head, and it just really, or it's or it's emanating from. But there's just something graphical about that, where where it's aligning with the head and such, that made me. Um, it just made me say, yeah, this is, this is, this is all right. This is good. Yep. Yep. Really cool image. Nicely done, James. We're glad that you participated in our photo contest and, and way to think about it as you're, I don't know, maybe you were waiting for the bus, but good, good, uh, use of your time and in, in capturing an image that really kind of is capturing a moment in history as we're going through this pandemic too. It's kind of cool. I could see this being something that represents this time period a lot in the future. So. Congratulations. Very nice. Stay home, save lives. And that's Chicago. So immediately, because it's Chicago, I already love it. Uh, I am a fan of all things Chicago, being that I kind of grew up nearby it and love to go there and shoot often. But um, this one just does a great job of capturing just what's going on right now with the virus. Um, you've got the silhouette there of what looks like a man uh, on his phone, maybe, or some type of device. And um, you know, and he's isolated. And in a way, that's kind of what we're being asked to do during this time is to isolate ourselves. And uh, this this one just does a great job of capturing um, the whole coronavirus. And I think does a good job of representing the spirit of this contest. I'm a big fan of the Chicago logo and the, there's the colors and the stars of the Chicago flag. So I understand that. Uh, in a way that others may not, but I just like the simplicity of it. And it's a, a really good silhouette. And anytime you can capture a good silhouette, I think you got a good shot there. So good. Uh, that's a good image. I enjoy that one. All right, Brent, last image. Why don't you tell us about the overall top photo from our contest? All right. So the title is Trial by Fire. And it's actually done by someone that I've met here a few times because they live here close to me, actually, uh, D. Cusick. And this is an image of a cattle branding experience is probably the best way to put it. Um, we have in the lower portion of the image, the animal is on the ground, and then we have the brand going onto it. And so the the searing sizzleness of whatever you want to call it. You can almost hear it yeah. with the smoke kind of emanating off. We have a very strong hand holding that tool. In the background, we've got the 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 fencing that, you know, that sets up the corrals and, and when they when the cowboys and, and cowgirls do this. Uh, we also have um, an interesting juxtaposition of another person 
Uh, I don't know if how many people have seen this type of activity. I've uh, had the privilege of photographing it once, and it is definitely a very physical and very uh, demanding type activity because those animals do not want to get branded. No. Um, <laughs> so this person, they're holding it down. They're kind of, uh, they have one leg on top of it, the other leg, they're supporting themselves, and we see uh, their rear end, but then from a different person, that's who we where we have the hand coming in. And so it it makes it feel like there's a lot of, I guess you could say teamwork, a lot of activity, a lot of physicality going in. Unless that person is really bending around oddly, that it has to be a second person. Yeah. <laughs> that's all there is to it. So yeah, it, it's a combination for me of uh chaos, yet it's it's ordered chaos and than just the the sheer fact of it tells such a rich uh, aspect of this story of, of what's going on. I love this one. This is probably one of the images that stood out most to me because I was so intrigued by it. I love the smoke and immediately I'm like, what is this? Are there clouds? And then as you look closer, you see that clearly it looks like somebody's being, or not somebody, but uh, an animal is being branded. And I just, I love the color tone, the blues and the yellows, you know, the blues of the jeans that's there and kind of the yellow, um, almost like a, a mask that's on it in a way. Um, but I think what's unique about this image is that it took me a minute. Like I had to sit there and like look at it and I was confused and I was curious and anytime that there's a photo that strikes your curiosity and makes you want to look more at it and explore it deeper I think makes it a great photo and this one definitely does um, I think one of the things that confused me is how a guy could be or uh, could be facing one way but then their hand is coming down the other way and now I realize after looking further that it was uh, probably something different because you can see their foot in there as well but that was a, a great shot. It was uh, fun to see and definitely a unique one. It just like popped when I was going through the images. Like, oh, that's definitely got to be in my top ten. And uh, and we because we all unanimously agreed uh, on it as we went through them. We went through a few rounds of selecting images, <laughs> just a, a little behind the scenes. It was hard to narrow down all these images to a top ten and then decide on a on the top image but uh this this is a very well done image and all of the top 10 super compelling and there were many others who that were very good in total i think we had like we in each independently picked a top 20 i think it, as we aggregated those things together we had a total of 60 plus images that were in there which means there were a bunch that we liked that the others didn't say were in their top 20 um, because they were just a lot of really good images, very, very well done images. I'm humbled <laughs> at how many really good photographers are listening to the podcast as as we're recording it. And uh, congratulations, everybody, on entering. I'm so glad you participated. You were brave enough to share images with the world and uh, got those creative juices flowing a little bit during these tough times. I hope it helped you to have something fun and meaningful to do um, over the last few weeks. So congratulations, everybody. Absolutely. Again, this has been so fun. It was so great to see just the talent that we have with all the listeners. Many of these are great images that I wish were part of my portfolio. And what I'm most proud of, again, is just that during this time when there's a lot of um, sadness and confusion for some people or frustration, you know, with loss of jobs and everything that people are out there doing something. They're trying to uh, improve their craft and they're out there creating images. And uh, these uh, top 10 images that were chosen, there are many other great images that were in there as well and not an easy thing to do, but uh, it just was so fun and uh, inspirational to go through and just see what others are doing during this time. So great job everybody on capturing some amazing images. All right. Let's close up the show here, Brent. What is the doodad of the week from you this week? Well, this doodad, I'm going to do a book again this time. And I know I've done books in the past, but uh, in part, you know, I guess it goes along with just the fact that I'm a teacher and I'm always buying books. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I love the inspiration that I can get from them. I love the knowledge. I love the position that we can, you know, think about when you learn something new and the like. So I chose this particular book. It's an Albert Bierstadt book. And Albert Bierstadt, he was a member or he went uh, a part of the uh, Hudson River School of, of Painting back in the mid-1800s. And I was turned on to this by uh, last Sunday, my guest on Latitude Photography Podcast was Enrico Fassati. And he mentioned uh, this particular painter, but also a few other things as well, for sure, for inspiration. And we got off a little bit of that conversation about uh, receiving inspiration from the old masters. And uh, this was just one of the the types that we looked at. And that just got me thinking. And I was just like, you know, it's been a while since I have myself looked at these these types of painters. And so I got onto Amazon and I had, uh, figured I was going to buy a few. And I bought another one from uh, of Monet's work as well, because I just love the Impressionist style that Monet does. So uh, that might be another doodad in the future that I'll, that I'll choose. But uh, for now, I'm going to go with this Bierstadt book, just because the lighting and the atmosphere masterful work there. And if there's any chance that I can be inspired by that and bring some of that into my photography, I'll probably be all the better for it. Excellent. I forgot to mention with the contest winners and the overall top image with, uh, you said D is is the winner, D Cusick? D Cusick, yeah. Uh, D, if you want to come on the show and tell us more about your image, tell us more about how it was created, what went into it, um, how you processed it. We'd love to get the inside scoop on that image, which was one of the prizes we said you could have if you consider it a prize. If you don't want to come on, that's totally fine. But if, if you do, we'd love to have you come on maybe for this next week's show and uh, and talk to us about your image. So think about That'd that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, we'll we'll get in contact with you. Uh, okay, my doodad of the week is the Neewer metal cell phone holder clip tripod mount adapter just rolls off the tongue right <laughs> the yeah. name of it uh which is a, a long name for saying it's a tripod mount for that can hold your cell phone and this has become a critical piece of equipment i bought it ages ago uh thinking i would need it for holding my cell phone on like behind the scenes shots was my initial thoughts when i got it a while back uh, it has turned into an essential piece of equipment for my wife, who is using, who's, who's a science teacher, a part-time science teacher, and she is having to create videos now, of course, for the students to be able to do their science work. And um, she needed to record videos, and she only wants to use her phone. So even if I gave her the DSLR to use, she's like, that's too hard. That's like pull off this SD card and put it into some software and render it out or whatever. I don't, I, my phone, it just takes the video and then I push upload and it's done. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. like, okay, I get it. That's fine. So, um, so she wanted to use her phone. So we've set it up in, we have a, a little kind of pseudo studio in our house, a little room that where we put up like a white background and we have some lights in there and, and it's got a little bit of space so we can be able to do some photo shoots. We set it up so that the lighting would be there for her videos. Um, and then we're using this to mount her phone to a tripod so that it will be held perfectly still and in the right spot to do the video. So been working out super good. I can't recommend it highly enough. There's some newer gear I don't like. Um, in particular, the light stands and tripod. Yeah, the light stands. I have not liked those. They have not held up well. Like the, the clips that you, you lock so that the light stand stays uh, vertical and as you extend it, they've broken. And I, I just have not liked or had good luck with newer equipment for light stands. But this is some newer equipment that has worked out extremely well. So I, I really recommend it highly. It's, and it's only $16. So there you go. It's awesome. All right. Reminders, phototacopodcast.com. Head over there for the show notes. Make sure you get those so you can see the links to the gallery that has the top 10 images. You want to go check those out. They're very compelling images. Um, will act uh, serve for a lot of inspiration for you. If there's photography styles that you haven't tried in there, uh, see what you can do to try to replicate them. Analyze them. See what the lighting is. It's really cool. So go go check out the show notes there. We have our Facebook group too, Master Photography Podcast. There'll be a link in the show notes to it. You do have to ask to join. We don't just let everyone in. I 
declined a whole bunch of people who had asked to join today because they did not name a host on the show. And so today, for today's episode, that would be Brent or Jeff, or we'll take anyone who's been on the show in the last couple of years. So if you can name a host or someone who's been on the show over the last couple of years, we'll easily let you in. But you have to do that or you do not get into the group. My, um, You can find my work, jsharmanphotos.com or my other podcast, Photo Taco Podcast. Dot com where I go into a lot of technical topics about photography and try to make it understandable to uh, the normal person, as my wife continually says, what does a normal person do with this? <laughs> How do they do this if they're normal? Because I'm not. And uh, so I, I try to go and tackle those topics every month. And you, you should go check that out, phototacopodcast.com. My Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter stuff will all be there too. Brent, where can people find you? All right. My main website, just my name, brentbergherm.com, and then also Instagram at brentbergherm. And I'd love for folks to connect with me there. I'm going to, one of these days, start to actually enact my plan to do more things there. I've been kind of scheming in the background to up my Instagram stuff. So uh, we'll see some more activity happening there. Also, I do have, it's the second link on my side of things in the show notes, so it's way at the bottom, and I do have a survey. You guys know I'm looking at producing a thing I'm calling Latitude Photography School, and I have a survey that closes May 15, and the entrance will be entered to win a Photocross 15 by Think Tank Photo, and U.S. addresses only. So if that's something that you would be willing to spend a few seconds answering a few questions, uh, you'll be entered into that drawing to uh, get that bag. And then, of course, my uh, latitudephotographypodcast.com is the home for that show as well. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. We're so glad that you participated in the photo contest as well. Thank you, everyone. We've, we're uh, so glad to have you listeners. And we'll see you all again in another seven days. Bye.